I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, well... If I just start by saying she sold 105 million records, uh, I think it's 11 number ones. I'm joined today by Melanie C. That's an actual Spice Girl, I'll have you know. Um, you're in for a treat. Uh, Mel was an absolute delight, chose some great records, and, uh, and you're about to hear that chat. But beforehand, just a quick uh, couple of thank yous. Um, big thanks to, uh, to Rob for helping facilitate this podcast. Uh, thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, and thanks to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, when you finished today's episode with Melanie, why not go and have a rummage in the archives? Because there's over 150 chats with some amazing actors, producers, DJs, musicians, go and go and have a rummage and I'm sure you'll find some stuff there that'll tickle your fancy and uh, that you might want to get your ears around. Um, and if you want even more, then I have a Patreon page so you can support the podcast and get access to even more content on there. You can find out about all of this at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Let's get back to business. Please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Melanie C. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we're recording and joining me today via the means of Zoom is Melanie C. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Funny old time, innit? We're kind of all re-establishing how we live. On a daily basis, which keeps changing. But, uh, yeah, all a bit weird. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll start with this before we get on to uh, your records, Mel. And I just wondered, like, over the last, I mean, we're, what, nearly six months into uh, lockdown now. How have you found it um, as as a mum, as a human being, and as a creative? I have found it, as a human being, I've found it really challenging as well as interesting, I think it's given us an opportunity to examine things in a way we probably wouldn't have had before. You know, when would you ever allow yourself to just kind of not stop, but just slow down to such a pace? I mean, personally, I know for me, you know, working in music, I travel all the time. So being at home on one hand has been a bit of a novelty and lovely. And on the other hand has made me realise one of the reasons why I do what I do <laughs> so I can get away. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's been interesting for that. I mean creatively, 
Oh, I mean, it's an interesting time for me because as we went into lockdown, I was releasing the first single from the album. I was also putting the finishing touches to the whole album. So that just threw up like loads of challenges on, you know, how do you do it? How do you do all of this remotely? And luckily there's so much you can do remotely that it didn't really hold us back. The only thing for me as a performer, I miss people. I miss you know, being in a room with people, there's only so many live streams and, you know, performances you can do in your living room before you start going a bit mad. Yeah, I think that was it. I think it felt like, you know, not, not just looking at, at what you've done, but so many musicians, you know, were doing things remotely and, and trying to rethink, you know, how they can do what they love to do. And I think that, like you say, it's great because it was all we had. But like after a few months, it's like you just need that interaction with other humans don't you absolutely yeah in every way and I think you know another thing that it's thrown up is just how much we've taken for granted for so long you know and and I like to think beyond this I will appreciate things much more yeah absolutely right Mel let's talk about some records um I want you to tell me for track one the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro This is a big old question, isn't it? And it's funny because I was thinking, "Mm, intros, intros, intros. And a load of Oasis songs sprung to mind. I love the opening of Morning Glory. Yeah. Um, Super rock and roll, starts with a bit of feedback. But then I had to go back, back, way back to when I was a kid and my mum's records that I used to love listening to. Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. A song I've been lucky enough to perform many times is I Wish. Right. That beautiful bass line that comes in. And I love the way you can hear like the fingers sliding up and down the strings. And then he comes in with his keyboards. It's um, for me, I think because of my history with the song as well, I toured with Jules Holland for a year. And that was one of the songs. That was the first song I did with him. Yeah. And to do that on stage with a live brass section was just such a privilege. So that one, yeah, just gets me excited when I hear it. It's a beautiful record. And and I was interested as to what you was going to um, pick, Mel, because I've, I've been trying to ask this this next question correctly for about two years of doing this podcast. And, and I've still never quite got it right. But I just like to ask creatives how they... Um, if we look at Wannabe as a prime example, it's like a call of arms that right from the off, that intro is bang, grabbing you by the balls, we're off, you know? And and then the way that people listen to music when that come out is very different to how we all listen to music now. And I just wondered, um, as an artist, how you've changed the way you approach songwriting and and the intro over the last 20 or so years. That's a really interesting question because with my new album, I've been working with lots of new people. I have new A&R on this record and he's introduced me to brilliant writers, producers, remixers. And a lot of them are a lot younger than me. And of course, they have, they've always consumed music differently to me. You know, I started listening to my mum's vinyl and then I graduated onto cassettes (laughs) and then the glorious CD. Um, But now, of course, so much is streaming. And working with some really young songwriters, it's really important to them, like Wannabe, that you grab the listener immediately. Because Mm. someone might not know you as an artist, they might discover you on a playlist, on a streaming service, and, you know, 
we all like to skip, don't we? Nah, I don't like the sound of that. I mean, we've all become very impatient. Yeah. So it is. I think it's become more important to really grab the listener immediately. Okay. Right, Mel, I'm going to ask you for track two, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. The song I first heard, it's mad because I've had to research when this must have been because I know I was tiny. I was in a cake shop. The radio was playing and I must have only been, I couldn't have been any older than three because of my, you know, where I was living at the time. And it was Kate Bush, Wuthering Kites. Wow. What a record. And I just think as a little tart, I thought, what is that? I thought, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what a discovery, of course, Kate Bush being one of the ultimate greats. And it's really interesting. I was talking about Kate Bush recently because... I've always loved to move as well as to sing. And she is an artist that really expresses herself in a very physical way, mm. as well as through her words, her music and her voice. And that's something I've always, you know, really um, connected with her yeah. in that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you, like, what would you say that the emotion was? I think it was intrigue. I think how it was just like, you know, obviously I'd heard music before then, but it was, it's just that musical memory. It's just that, that I kind of remember, you know, I kind of got the, almost got a visual in my mind yeah. of looking up to where the radio was in the cake shop going, wow, what's that? <laughs> and that's without seeing it. I remember like when, when I first saw Kate Bush, I'm 47. So like, when, like I, I probably would have been about sort of five or six when I first saw Kate Bush and just thinking, Sonically, it sounded like you say, like otherworldly. And then you'd see her, and she looked amazing and crazy, and just she looked like she was from outer space as well. And it was like, and then you'd see the movement, like whether it was, I don't know what, what sort of, is that ballet? I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff in her choreography that was just so striking. It was like just watching a fairy tale. It was like, yeah, she's an amazing artist. And there are a few of them around that kind of physically embody the sound that they create. Yeah. It's almost like an art, you know, it's like watching an art installation moving, yeah. you know what I mean? It's amazing. Definitely. Um, okay, so so where was this? Where was the cake shop? Where was your bowl, Mel? I was born in Whiston Hospital, which is in Prescott, which is just outside Liverpool. And, yeah, the cake shop must have been local. I just remember it being that <laughs> in my life, yeah, when, when my mum, because my mum and dad divorced when I was about three. So I knew it was before then just because I remember it being in that area. Yeah. How was it growing up there? Yeah, I mean, I moved around quite a bit when I was a kid. So with my mum separating, I moved to a place called Runcorn. I think there was a stint at Minams in Heighton. And then we moved to Runcorn and then onto Witness when I was eight. And then that's where I stayed for the rest of my, like, growing up, school years. And then I left to go to Performing Arts College when I was 16, which was in Kent, which feels like an incredibly young age to leave home now. Yeah. Well, let's 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 go back. You touched on school there, and and for track three, um, I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school. Oh, this, I mean, there's so many; it's hard to pin it down. You can have a couple of honourable mentions. I, I I was going to choose. So I was at school. <clears throat> I left in 1990. 
So, you know, Indy was kind of gathering pace, the baggies, the Manchester scene. And James sit down. I remember that because everyone had the merch. Everyone yeah. had, I think it was almost like a, it was a long sleeve t-shirt one. It was proper baggy. And I think it had like sit down on the bum or something. I had, I had a black one. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. But I think the one that gets me every time is Happy Monday's Step On. Yeah, what a tune. The video, you know, on the, they're on a roof, aren't they? On a on a hotel roof or something when the sun's going down, and just the dancing, you know, the way everyone was dancing at that time, going the Yuffie disco and all the yeah. lads dancing like bears. Um, so yeah, that's great school memories. So was that a big sort of thing uh, for you? That kind of eighty nine, ninety sort of hacienda type baggy scene was that like really what was going on for you musically then? Do you know what? I've always been a bit eclectic and I, I don't think I was, I wasn't cool by any stretch. I was like, I was really into my pop and I hadn't started going out then, uh, clubbing or anything. Youth, youthy disco, that was as far as it went. But I just remember it like getting really big in school, you know, all the lads being into it. They were all growing curtains. And uh, yeah, and it was not long after that when they had the big show at Spike Island, which is in Witness, which mm. is like very close to where I grew up. Yeah. Did you go? No, I wasn't there. I, mean, I was in college already by then. What year yeah. was that? Spike, oh, Spike Island? Island must have been 89, I reckon. Or was it Maybe. maybe 90? I don't know. 90, yeah. Um, so how did you find school? I, you know what? For me, school was just about getting on with it and getting out the door at the end of the day because I've never been that academic, but I loved performing. I loved my music, my drama, um, I went to loads of dance classes after school, did loads of sport, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of the after school activities that excited me more than the, the school time. Were they encouraged at school? Um, do you know what? I think the school I went to, it was pretty balanced. It was just a local comp and they did have a good arts department, a good sports department. And yeah, that's kind of where I gravitated towards. Did you know what you wanted to be when you were at school? I did. I really did. I wanted to be a pop star, which sounds very facetious, but um, I thought that was impossible. So I also loved musical theatre. So that to me seemed like a more sensible career path. <laughs> and that in itself is a really hard industry to get into. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was always a bit ambitious. And then, of course, the ultimate happened when I started working with the Spice Girls. Yeah. That, that pop star thing, you've done all right there, didn't you? I know. <laughs> you know pop star, either pop star or working musical theatre, and, and I've been lucky enough in my career to do both. So, um, yeah, I feel very and, great. And as you said, both are extremely tough industries to, to, to get into, let alone succeed at the, the level that you have, um, Mel. And, and so was you, was you a confident kid? I was, you know. I think... In certain environments, like at school, in lessons, I, I was quite quiet. I think I just got on with my work. But when I was in the drama studio or the music room or I was at dance class, that's kind of when the extrovert in me came out. That was yeah. like my happy place. Yeah. Was you driven? Totally. Yeah, still am. I mean, yeah, to a fault sometimes. Super determined. But you know what? I think sometimes to succeed, you have to be. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Okay. Track four. The first song you remember buying from a record shop. Oh, now, growing up, in the environment that I did, it was very thrifty. So I was always encouraged to wait for the album. <laughs> so I never, ever bought singles, um, which seems pretty mad now when it's been such a huge part of my life. Uh, promoting singles, yeah. you know, getting them out there, writing songs you hope to be singles. And... Um, yeah, so I think I remember the first album or the first cassette I got, I think was One Fantastic. That's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, it was on my Christmas list. And of course, being a child of the 80s, it was going down to Woolies and uh, yeah, saving up your pennies till you could get it. Do you know what, Mel? It's so funny that I reckon I've probably done about 200 of these interviews now. And I reckon 99% of people got their first record from Woolies. I don't know where people are getting their music from there. Now Woolworths has gone. That's why the music industry is in crisis, right? (laughs) Woolworths has gone. Woolworths has gone. (laughs) I'm surprised it hasn't crippled the pick-a-mix industry because in my Woolworths, it had like a massive like world of pick-a-mix in there. Did you have it in your one? Yeah, they all did, but they all got nicked, didn't they? Yeah, of course. (laughs) You go and buy your album, and you definitely pinch a couple of chocolates on the way out. It's always the one. (laughs) Um, You you touched on, um, while we're talking about records, you mentioned earlier, like, growing up and stuff. Was there records on at home growing up? Mm, Yeah. My mum had a great vinyl collection. Stevie Wonder, you know, being my... My fondest memory, she had Songs in the Key of Life, double album, beautiful artwork. I used to love, I mean, I can still smell it, you know, when you think about it. Um, She had loads of stuff, Beatles, Stones, Led Zeppelin. She was big into Motown as well. Um, Dusty Springfield. Uh, Yeah, it was a mad mix. And then I think I got into like my own music, discovering pop music in the 80s, like Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson, Wham. Um, but my mum's also a singer and my dad's a bass player. So there was always music being played or being rehearsed. And it's funny because when you're a kid, you don't really know any different, do you? And I'd yeah. kind of curse having this bass line coming through the floorboards up into my bedroom when I was trying to get to sleep every night. But um, now I realise it was, you know, a wonderful life and you know it's kind of I suppose it's it's molded me in a way that yeah. uh, with the direction I've gone into 
Would you sort of was you quite obsessive over music growing up? Uh, do you know what? I didn't think it at the time, but now when I look back, it has always played a massive part in my life. And I think when I really realised it was those teenage years, you know, in your bedroom, all that teenage angst, the first heartbreak, you know, having a fallout with your mates. I have my little Toshiba tape to tape. It was red. <laughs> I enjoy. Got it one Christmas. It was on my window ledge. And yeah, I remember hours and hours, night after night, you know, being there with music as my companion, my friend and my strength, definitely. While we're talking records and CDs and, and, and cassettes, before we get on to the next track, um, I just want to ask you, because, as a, you know, I'm a failed musician, but I did have the moment, and I want to ask you this moment. Can you remember the first time you saw your record in a record shop? <gasps> I actually can't. I'm at that. Really? I thought there'd have been this huge moment where all, all the girls would have been going mad seeing your CD. No, I don't remember. I actually don't remember. I think when we were we got to that point, everything was already so chaotic Yeah. that we weren't going anywhere near record shops, Yeah. sadly. But, I mean, years you know, beyond that, I always, well, I mean, I haven't done it for a while, but I've always liked to go in to your HMV or your Virgin Megastore, yeah. whatever and you know and find your albums and, and rack yourself really well which I yeah. think I, I hope all artists <laughs> do that <laughs> did it feel like that happened really quickly then like the the, the like the the sort of the time in which the Spice Girls seemed to just well you know as, as a listener all of a sudden it was just like what is this this something's just exploded here did it seem like that happened quick for you yeah, it was mad because we've been together for a couple of years and we sound with Virgin Records, we got the album finished, we got it out there. And of course, you know, you start promoting before you release. Mm. So our schedule had already gone crazy. We Back in the day, before the internet, we released in different territories at different times so we could promote there properly. And we started off over in Japan. So, you know, for a load of working class girls from all over the UK, it was, you know, crazy to be flown over first class to uh, to Japan and uh, none of us had ever been that far away before and yeah it kind of the, the the craziness started immediately listen up I've only got another new sponsor egg fried it's this super cool clothing label and if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all support in the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D. Save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. How do you... like? I mean, I, I can't imagine how that must have been. And and, and I, I'm not going to ask you to try and explain how that must have been. So, you know, it's probably something you've been asked a million times and it must be such a hard thing to explain what that instant madness must have been like. Um, 
but did you feel that like being working class, you you had a, a, a grounding that, that that helped you dip, like process that a little bit? I don't think anything can prepare you for it, you know. And I think depending on your makeup, on your personality, um, that's how you deal with it. You know, I think going through life, definitely being, um, you know, from the North, working class, there's definitely an element of keeping your feet on the ground. You never be stationed because you get it smacked out of you probably. Yeah. but yeah, no, I, I feel very grateful for that. But I just, I still think it's hard to to just get your head around it. You know, it yeah. is madness. You, our lives literally did change overnight. Yeah. Um, obviously, we were working really hard towards it for a couple of years. But once it happened, it just, yeah, it just blew up. Okay. Well, for track five now, I'm going to ask you the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. My youth clubbing. Oh, clubbing. Oh, my God. Well, I'm a raver. Yeah. I'm a hardcore raver at heart. Discovered rave music on my first holiday without parents. I was, I must have been 17, summer of 1990. So, obviously, you know, rave had been around for a few years. And um, Prodigy are one of my favourite bands. And I would say the track, which I actually, I do a bit of DJing and I will often play this towards the end of the set, Outer Space. Oh. What a tune. Do you know what? Like, I, I've, I've been a DJ in indie clubs for about 30 years now, Mel. And when that record come out, that was the, that was the track that, it wasn't just exclusive to raves. Like, that was the, they're the band, I mean, that's without even getting to when they dropped Firestar and stuff. But it was that was the band that kind of took the rave to the rock. And and all of a sudden, you know, this rave band from our very own Essex, um, we're fiercely proud of them, um, are headlining rock festivals. It's like, it was just, they were just such an incredible band. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, when you think about the Prodigy and what they've achieved, you know, they started as a rave act. You know, I remember seeing them at, uh, at Disco. <laughs> I think it was like an under 18 rave or something. Yeah. Up in Warrington. And, you know, in the early, early days. And, yeah, they, they were just like an act. It was like a PA, you know what yeah, I mean? And it they, was. They have like, literally, they brought rave and house and dance music to the mainstream. And then they've just taken it to another level. Yeah. yeah you're like headlining festivals all over the world. Yeah. I them more recently i saw them at alexandra palace yeah uh, so that must have been a couple of years ago now um and yeah i mean just blown away I saw them at isle of Wight a few years ago as well i mean i love them because yeah. they're, you know they're more they're more than a dance act they're more than a rock band it's almost like this mad fusion theatrical yeah. performance you know there's nothing like it and uh yeah and i absolutely love them yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What did you want? Like, well, let's, let's talk about raving back then. Like, what did you want from, from a night out? What was, what, was, what was clubbing for you? Dancing, 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 dancing. I was just nuts about it. Um, yeah, that's all we went out for, I think, because we were dancers anyway. Yeah. So I could step out into this world where, you know, obviously most people are off the red, let's face yeah. it. Um, but it was such a lovely environment to be in because it was there was so much love yeah. and everyone just danced all night, you know, yeah. you had no piss heads, having a fight. Yeah. It was just a really lovely environment to be in. Yeah, it really, it really is. And I know it's been sort of talked about a lot how that, that was an amazing time. And look, I, I can vividly remember walking into Bagley's in London. It was a, I was such a naive kid as well, Mel. And I remember like just walking in and all of a sudden, like, where I'm from in Essex, not many people come up and give you a cuddle and say hello. And, like, <laughs> and I just walked into this environment and everyone was just saying hi. And like, I was just thinking... Everyone seems really nice here. This is lovely. Like, it must have been about three weeks later, someone was like, yeah, you do know they were all off their heads. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. I thought they were a friendly bunch. Big sweaty hugs. <laughs> Completely. Um, well, I'm going to take you back home for track six, Mel, and I want a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Oh, gosh. Well, I suppose being a Lancashire lass, it's going to have to be the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, growing up just outside Liverpool, both my mum and dad's family, all from Liverpool. And it's, a, you know, it's part of your education growing up there, of course. You know, you have to learn about the Beatles, you have to go to the cabin, you have to listen to every record they've ever released. And for me, I'm going to pick a weird one. And I, I don't know why this one spoke to me. Maybe because I was also doing like classical ballet at the time. So I was listening to all kinds of music. And Eleanor Rigby, I adore. And, you know, just the realisation that it was a vocal and a string quartet just like blew my mind. And the storytelling and just the pictures that it evokes when you're listening to it. So that is one of my favourite Beatles tracks. Yeah, that's a, that, we had to study that music at school. Like not, I don't even think it was the music. I can, but I remember hearing it and thinking it was like it was a really miserable song. And as much as I adore the Beatles, I love that record. But I remember at school just thinking, obviously, you know, we was listening to Wham and Madonna, and it was like, oh, what's this? And it was like, we've got to listen to this song. But I do like vividly, as you said, the story writing in it. It's like you can picture it if you shut your eyes, can't you? It's like such a wonderful record. Um, okay, final track. So this is when you can be DJ now, and. Uh, and it's a song that many may not know. 
that you would like them to hear? Oh, well, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't know what people know. Mm. But I tried to think of something that people might be surprised that I have listened to, or it's like one of my faves. I love System of a Down. They're one of my mm. favorite bands. And I was, they were brought to my attention when I saw a video for Chop Suey, mm. which is probably like, not that you can compare it to Wannabe, but on a crazy scale, it's kind of up there. You know, in songs just like shouldn't work. Yeah. And in a beautiful way. Mm. And yeah, never seen them live. Would love to. Yeah, there are, I've I've seen them a few times and it's absolutely perfect chaos. It's just yeah. I mean that song that you've just chosen there. It's three songs all rolled into one that shouldn't work together. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they do it, but oh, it's some glorious racket that, isn't it? <laughs> I know it's amazing. You know what I love about it, right? As human beings, we are so full of emotions that literally just can change like yeah. within a second, right? And that song just expresses so many of those emotions in like within three minutes. It's amazing. Perfect. Well, before we wrap up, let's talk about your new record. Mm-hmm. So when can we expect that? New album is out 2nd of October. Yeah. And as we find ourselves hopefully coming out of this lockdown situation, fingers crossed. Yeah. What can we expect from Mel C, the artist, and what is Mel C, the human being, looking forward to? Well, probably one in the same. I cannot wait to get on the road. Can't wait to play these tunes live. Two real people in rooms together. (laughs) I've got a tour planned for April, May next year, so keeping everything crossed that that's possible at that point. But before that, we are doing a live stream to showcase the album, all the new stuff on the 1st of October. So I'm really excited. You know what it is? I love having new material, you know, getting into it. Working in a studio, writing and recording, as you will know, is so, so different to doing stuff live. So it's kind of my next challenge to really be, you know, be able to deliver these songs the way I want them to, to sound. So that's my uh, yeah my next challenge. Wonderful. Um, best of luck with that, Mel. And thank you so much for your time today. It's been it's been really lovely talking records with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Lovely speaking to you. There you go, Melanie C. I've just finished a podcast with an actual Spice Girl. Did not see that one coming. Um, as you've just heard, Mel was an absolute delight. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mel, for giving up your time for this. Um, thanks to you lot for listening, liking, sharing, retweeting, and just generally being really nice and supporting off the beaten track. Um, this is something I do for fun. It, it really is. And, and I've been blessed to get to speak to so many amazing people now. And, uh, and yeah, and I've, I couldn't do any of that if you lot weren't supporting, sharing, and, and, and uh, yeah, getting behind what I'm doing. So thank you. Um, I'm back next week, uh, as mentioned at the beginning. In the meantime, if this is your first listen to Off The Beaten Track podcast, go and have a, a rummage in the archives because you'll see uh, – a whole world of amazing chats uh, with some super guests and uh, and even a few um, interviews with people that we spoke about on this podcast that you've just listened to. So go and have a rummage, www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor.
Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Eat a pocket.